Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. again another Saturday morning well it is for me now on last week's show I mentioned the Ruby News with respect to CRX or Crocs or Cross yeah I'm still waiting to be told what the pronunciation is on how they wore their influences on their collective sleeves well blind me down if I didn't find out last weekend that the Ruby News were playing a one-off gig in London on the 9th of January so on my way into work Monday I thought I'd give myself a quick refresher by listening to their everything you always wanted to know about the Ruby News, a three CD set. The first song comes on and I'm like, yes, I can really see why the helicopters covered rock and roll is dead live. And as I hadn't ordered tickets yet, I started to accelerate to get to my work PC to rectify this travesty. As the song progressed, I thought to myself, Jimmy Lacey of the now defunct Roulettes must have been influenced by them, almost warranting a compare and contrast segmentation. Track two comes on, and the penny drops. I have, in fact, been listening to Trouble Girl, which is the first song from the Roulette's self-titled debut album, as Ruby News and the Roulette's are alphabetically next to each other on my pocket digital music player library. And, uh, obviously, I had missed out a click. Uh, in an unrelated consequence, I also discovered the Royal Cream folder hadn't been copied over, because if it had, it would have sat nicely between the two. <laughs> Baby, I don't want you in my bed Baby, I 
The only tracks that your average music fan might have heard from the Ruby News are the aforementioned Rock and Roll Instead, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend because Avril Lavigne's girlfriend <coughs> borrowed quite a bit from it, and uh, I Think We're Alone Now, that was written by Richie Cordell and originally released by Tommy James and the Shondells in 1967, that Tiffany took to the number one spot 20 years later. As for the Girls Aloud version, that's best viewed with the sound down. So, getting back on track with the Ruby News. I felt my foot lifting off the accelerator, suddenly taking notice of the 20 is plenty speed signs. What I was hearing wasn't how I remembered them. My enthusiasm started to wane as I found myself transported to Terry Wogan's Radio 2 breakfast show circa the mid-70s in a playlist that features the Drifters, the Bee Gees and other housewives' favourite. Nothing wrong in that per se. I spent my childhood breakfasts listening to him, but it's not what I was expected or indeed required. I haven't decided whether I will see the Ruby News on the 9th. I think that what might sway a maybe into a definite yes would be after I've picked up the band's last album 45 and had a good listen but in the meantime turn it down Just a bore. Uh, I'm going to a 
as I said last week, I had tickets for three gigs all on the same day. Gig one was the Electric Boys at the Roundhouse supporting Europe. With a stage time of 7.20, I made sure I left home at half five, giving me plenty of time to park, queue and get in. I mean, it's only 10 miles. 7 o'clock, I'm stuck in traffic around Euston Station. The squirrel is equally stuck, but in the queue to get in, with messages to Connie Bloom not to start until she does. She does, with minutes to spare, whilst I'm contemplating flogging my ticket to a town. Fortunately, I only missed half of the opening song. The gig was sold out, but I wasn't expecting the auditorium to be rammed for the opening act, with seemingly every word of every song known. Connie wheeled out his electric sitar, and instead of the normal intro to All Lips and Hips, we were treated to the opening bars of some status quo, with the crowd responding with cries of Quo! This left top classic rock scribe Dave Ling, who was standing just by me, very happy.
Saturdays was the Fiasco's fourth gig. All our seasoned musicians. Robin Guy had the night before played with Sham 69 in Scotland. Bassist Ben can also be found in Spitz Energy with Keith and Richie and indeed Robin as well as being formerly three quarters of Kitty Hudson. They are now back up to Bridget West as the Deathfall hopefuls. Legend has it that the Fiasco's wrote their entire set to date in one alcohol fueled rehearsal. Two tracks are readily available on the Built for Speed Olivia CD single and um, considering there are a lot of gigs happening the Black Heart was doing brisk business which I guess when you have Zen Motel opening who obviously I missed and the Scaramanga 6 who I was going to miss headlining it's uh, understandable the fiascos are very much a continuation from Kitty Hudson without being point two but with Keith and Richie's writing abilities there's always going to be a hint about them rumour has it that the band's debut album might be crowdfunded. If it is, indeed, I will be pledging, and hopefully this track, Destroy the Radio, will be on it. All right, London!
quick look at the Proud Gallery's website led me to believe that they had a band curfew with 11 o'clock. With an estimated Warrior Soul set length of about 75 minutes, I didn't think there'd be a problem getting from the Black Heart up there as the fiascos were on at 8.45. Unfortunately, this wasn't the case, with the Squirrel receiving a text saying that Warrior Soul's stage time was in fact also 8.45 but had been pushed back until 9. So as soon as it was decently possible, we said our goodbyes and apologies and got into the proud at 20 to 10. Corey, Clark and the rest of the band were, as usual, incendiary. However, on the stroke of 10 o'clock, just after the band had finished, actually it might have been during, uh, a blistering version of Fuck the Pigs, the PA was unceremonially switched from them over to Loud House Forward Stroke Dance Music. Corey is at best of times full of piss and vinegar, with an unnatural sense of justice. Now, as you know, I'm a real stickler for keeping to stage times, but if the venue changes it, I think it would be only good manners to apologise to the band, explaining to them that either the set would have to be cut short or end later than build, not just delay the start without explanation, then cut the set short without warning, which seems to have happened in this case. Respect to Warrior Soul, for not resorting to violence. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody.
picking up demos, alternatives and live versions. Uh, I used to glean them from record fairs, cassette tapes housed in fluorescent covers or through tape trading. Of course, nowadays there's a myriad of blog spots that have such items to download. Still definitely for hardcore fans and not for the casual listener. Last week, I received the Pink Floyd Early Years 1967-72 box set that I'm sure was delivered by Forklift. It is, as you'd expect, a lavish affair, maybe a bit too polished. But it wasn't the only delivery of unreleased material that came my way. To my shame, I've been sitting on it for a couple of weeks. Unlike Pink Floyd, it arrived by normal post in a C4 jiffy bag with Do Not Bend written in Magic Marker. Inside was a handwritten letter of thanks, listing the songs where they had been recorded with a brief background on each. The CD was a CDR and as with the letter, it had been acquainted with Mr Magic Marker. I paid for this in a pledge campaign and even though the Floyd box set was a promo item and therefore free and I am a fan, probably more of their early stuff so it's right up my street listening to Rich Rags demoing Let's Get Started with alternative lyrics in the toilet means more to me than anything Floyd can ever raid from their vaults
Hello, this is your captain speaking. You're listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, whatever that is. But you'd be nuts to listen to anything else, I tell you. Know what I mean? That was The Pink Floyd and the Radio 1 version of Matilda Mother recorded in 1967. If you know where to look, you can find a very good studio version recorded by Captain Sensible. Also, it looks like the Role Models album number three, in as many years, Dance Moves, has been written, ready to be recorded with a release date of August forward stroke September of next year, obviously. The go-to guy and Forest Lawn, if you need reminding, are readily available from Glunk records 
In a bizarre case of coincidence and six degrees of separation, I purchased the Ghosts of Lovers CD, which has just been released on their drummer, Steve Peregrine's record label, Angels in Exile. The coincidences are... The material was recorded at RMS Studios in Croydon with Andy Levine producing, where from 1979 to 1982, the dam demoed the majority of their Chiswick bronze output and where Captain's version of Matilda Mother was also laid down. And drummer Steve was also in Hollywood Doll, a band that supported one Katie Glitz who played bass with me and Howling Mad in 1987. As you probably worked out, the Ghosts of Lovers album was recorded in the dim and distant past of the early 90s, but up until last week, remained unreleased. Back in the day, I knew of the name, but I don't think I knowingly saw them live, but considering that they were influenced by Lords of the New Church, Hanoi Rocks, and played all the places I frequented, I must have done. Funnily enough, this is how I was expecting the Ruby News to sound. Maybe another time.
straight after The Ghosts of Lovers, you heard Stevie James, vocalist with Tiger Tales for their first album, Young and Crazy, with his 2016 version of the band's first hit, Living Without You, featuring Phil Vokins. New songs this week seem to be severely lacking, and don't want to keep that going by playing some Death Wish as the band's first album, At the Edge of Damnation, and follow-up Demon Preacher are all set for reissue on Back on Black Records. Uh, I have the band's debut on vinyl, both versions. The initial pressings uh, were deemed by the band to be lacking in the mastering and pressing department, and probably pressed on recycled crisp packets, with a record label lackey dispatched with raining blood and speak English or die under his arm to rectify the situation. Unfortunately, in the process, two of the tracks were swapped round. A year later, in 1988, Demon Preacher was released on Motorhead's GWR record label with Lemmy taking them out on that year's Motorhead tour. Sadly, the band split at the dawn of the uh, of the 1990s. Usual story, work your nuts off touring. I should know, as I was at one time their driver come roadie, released critically acclaimed albums and not see a single penny, whilst others higher up the food chain seem to be doing all right. Living and breathing rock and roll doesn't necessarily pay the bills and look after your family. Here's the very apt wall of lies. Yeah. 
on the 15th and 16th last week at the Barry Electric in New York City, Waterloo. Wayne Kramer, Clem Burke and Tommy Stinson played the Heartbreakers one and only album in full. Aided and abetted by Cheetah Chrome, Handsome Dick Manitona and Jesse Mallin. I shared the Observer newspaper's link on the subject on my Facebook timeline. Unfortunately... The headline of Heartbreakers Reform, coupled with a hell line-up picture, was very misleading. Of course, three-quarters of the band that recorded Like a Motherfucker are sadly no longer with us. And it was never about a new Heartbreakers lineup. So, I'm going to leave you this week with Pirate Love, featuring Jesse Mallin and Cheetah Chrome. Kick out the jams with Handsome Dick Manitoba. And you can't put your arms around a memory. Until next week, take it easy.
what time it is. What time it is. You notice what time it is? Do you know what time it is?
one of my all-time heroes, Brother Wayne Kramer. Fucking yeah, the way Kramer. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay, that was the show. This is the encore. How'd you like it so far? All right, welcome to the dress rehearsal. Although we're not dressed here, right? that's the best we can do. You fucking kidding me? I, 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 I with the best clean shirt I had all fucking night. Come on, you can't. I know you got that three from Bloodshot Records. Let's give it up for these guys, Mr. Wayne Kramer on the guitar and vocals. Mr. Tony Stinson on the bass and vocals. On the right, the man that sang on the record, the man, the myth, the legend, the master, Mr. Walter Lore of the Heartbreakers. On the drums tonight, and later tonight, Mr. Clem Burke. Let's fucking fuck Luke. Gene Crowe, Vaughn. And we're all going to invite you guys after two songs to go down the road to the Ritz, to Webster Hall. We're playing a benefit over there. There's still tickets. You can't put your arms around a memory. All the smart boys know why It doesn't mean I didn't try 